0: Welcome to the St. George's Leeds Sermon Podcast. We hope you enjoy the talk. The Bible reading is from Acts chapter 11 and verses 25 to 30. Then Barnabas went to Tarsus to look for Saul, and when he found him, he brought him to Antioch So for a whole year, Barnabas and Saul met with the church and taught great numbers of people. The disciples were called Christians first at Antioch. During this time, some prophets came down from Jerusalem to Antioch. One of them, named Agabus, stood up and through the Spirit predicted that a severe famine would spread over the entire Roman world. This happened during the reign of Claudius. The disciples, as each one was able, decided to provide help for the believers living in Judea. This they did, sending their gifts to the elders by Barnabas and Saul. This is the word of the Lord.
1: Well, thank you very much, Linda, and good morning to you all. My name is Lizzie Wolfe. I'm the rector here at St. George's. And as Eve has already said, we are continuing to think about the Holy Spirit transforming cities. You may remember that two weeks ago, it was Pentecost. Pentecost is a major Christian festival when the global church celebrates the gift of the Holy Spirit being poured out on all believers. When we're filled with the Holy Spirit, it makes a huge difference to our lives. The Holy Spirit draws us closer to God, helps us to grow and develop in Christ-like ways and brings spiritual gifts We always make space for prayer ministry in our Sunday services because this is such a vital part of our discipleship. But this year, following on from Pentecost, we are taking a bit of a different angle. Starting last week and continuing over the next few weeks, we're thinking about the impact of the Holy Spirit, not so much on individuals, but on communities, especially churches and cities. Each week, we are going to look at a different city in the New Testament book of Acts, asking two questions. Firstly, how did the Holy Spirit transform these places to be more like the kingdom of God? And secondly, how might the Holy Spirit be calling us today to join him in transforming the city of Leeds. So today's city is Antioch. At the time of Acts, Antioch was the third largest city in the Greco-Roman world, surpassed in population only by Rome and Alexandria. It was the political capital for the province of Syria, and also a commercial centre sitting on important trade routes. It was also known for being particularly cosmopolitan. So how does the Gospel reach Antioch? Well, Acts tells us that when Stephen, the first Christian martyr, is killed, a great persecution breaks out against the church in Jerusalem. The Christians scatter. Some go north to Antioch, sharing the good news about Jesus, and a new church is planted there. One of the big issues that the very early Christians wrestled with was whether you had to be a Jew in order to be a Christian. Jesus was a Jew, and the first Christians were all Jews. But around this time, non-Jews start coming to faith and being filled with the Holy Spirit. The church in Antioch contains both Jews and Greeks, meaning non-Jews, who at this time spoke Greek throughout the Roman Empire, even in Rome. Now, news of this reaches the church in Jerusalem. And it seems they're still a bit nervous about it. So they send Barnabas up to check out what's going on. Barnabas is described in the text as a good man full of the Holy Spirit. He sees this new church with people from different nationalities and backgrounds coming to faith in Jesus. And he immediately recognizes it as the work of God. One of the things that I love most about St. George's is a similar sense of diversity. We are different ages, different ethnicities, different backgrounds. We have different skills and passions and lots of different opinions. But as a church, we are learning to live well with difference because we are Christian brothers and sisters united by the good news about Jesus. Back in Antioch, Barnabas brings a great number of people to the Lord. But he doesn't see himself as some kind of special celebrity leader. Rather than trying to build the church around himself and his ministry, Barnabas goes to find Paul, who's originally called Saul, and that's what he's referred to in the passage that we read. Together, Barnabas and Saul, Paul, spend a year teaching this new, diverse church community. During this time, a couple of things happen. First, the disciples gain the nickname Christians, presumably because they were always talking about Jesus Christ. Secondly, the prophet Agabus brings a word from the Lord that a severe famine will spread through the Roman world. Paul Agabus appears one other time in Acts, and he brings a very gloomy prophecy then as well. Now, news of this coming crisis poses a choice for the Christians at Antioch. Will their response be, How can we survive? or How can we help? In Antioch, the church responds with generosity. Their priority is how to help those in need. So they decide to send a financial gift to the church in Judea. Now, we too live in a time of crisis, actually multiple crises. There's the obvious global pandemic that we've lived through for the last three years. The World Health Organization declared last month that COVID-19 was no longer a global health emergency, but we're still experiencing its impact. On top of that, we now face a cost of living crisis, where the cost of everyday essentials like food and energy is rising faster than most household incomes. There's also a crisis in mental health, There's a climate crisis, and there are humanitarian crises around the world, in places like the Ukraine, Sudan, Syria, Yemen, Somalia, and Afghanistan. There's also a crisis in the UK church. Only 1.7% of the population attend a Church of England church. It's even less than that in Leeds, and the numbers are declining. That's important not so much because we want to maintain our own institution, but because churches offer the gospel to those around them. At their best, churches bring Jesus' hope and transformation to their communities. Now, that's a lot of crises, and you may be able to think of others as well. No wonder so many of us experience compassion fatigue, But can we still respond with generosity, like the church in Antioch? Instead of asking, how can we survive? Can we ask, how can we help? All Christian generosity is rooted in the love and the generosity of God. Uh, We're focusing on financial generosity today because that's the example that's in our passage. But as you all know, there are many different ways to be generous. The most generous gift ever given was God's gift of his son, Jesus. Jesus came to earth to deal with all the brokenness and pain of the world. He took all our sin and shame on the cross so that we could know forgiveness and freedom. He made a way for us to come home to God. When we choose to follow Jesus, we receive another gift from God, the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit pours out God's love into our hearts. He assures us that we are beloved children, and he helps us to grow in that relationship. The Holy Spirit grows peace and joy in our lives he brings a sense of purpose and as we receive these blessings from God the Holy Spirit stirs up generosity within us generosity is vital if we're going to join the Holy Spirit in bringing transformation to the city of Leeds So let's look at the generous giving in Antioch in a little bit more detail so that we can see what we can learn together this morning. First of all, they give in a way which is directed by the Holy Spirit. In Antioch, the prophet Agabus stands up and through the Spirit directs their attention to a coming famine. Our God is a God who speaks. Now, this doesn't mean that we don't need to think for ourselves or test prophetic words, but we've already seen how we are surrounded by crises and needs. It's really clear that we can't solve every problem. A heart and an attitude of generosity is a good start, but it's not quite enough We need the Holy Spirit to direct us specifically to the part that we should play. Black theologian Willie Jennings says, The Spirit always brings to the church specific knowledge of the world and the specific sites of divine concern. We must always do what we can to address the particular needs the Holy One confronts us with. So, if we want to know how to join the holy spirit in bringing transformation to Leeds, the best place to start is prayer and listening to god sometimes things emerge quite specifically and unexpectedly through prayer and prophecy that played quite a big part when we launched church at high park corner our student church for unchurched students other decisions are more mundane But we still try to make them prayerfully. Now, there are lots of things to pray about as we seek to play our part in transforming the city of Leeds. As we've heard, we're soon going to be recruiting for a new leader at Holy Trinity Lane. That needs prayer. We're in discussions with Bishop Aaron about where exactly in East Leeds is our next church plant going to be. That needs prayer. And we're always asking, what else, Lord? What's next, Lord? Our next prayer and worship gathering as a church is Tuesday the 27th of June. It's always the last Tuesday of the month. And as always, we will pray for a range of different situations with time for listening to God. And we would love you to join us if you can. So that is the first thing. They give in a way which is directed by the Holy Spirit. Second, the church in Antioch gives as a community. In our passage, it is clear that the church at Antioch received the word from Agabus as a community, and they responded as a community. This is important for us too, Now, of course, you can be generous as an individual, and I know that many of you are, but we also want to be a generous church. St. George's is actually a team of three churches, St. George's, Holy Trinity Lane, and St. Augustine's Wrangthorn. And we have three values that bind us together, generosity, partnership, and creativity. So how do we give as a church? Well, when you give financially to St. George's, you are also giving to our mission partners. As a church, we support several overseas mission partners, and we also have four local mission partners. The Crypt, which is the homeless shelter that's based directly beneath our feet, Lighthouse, Kids Club, and Leeds Faith in Schools. We give financially to these charities and we also support them in other ways, for example, with trustees and volunteers and prayer. We're also a resource church for the Diocese of Leeds, which means that we are committed to giving away resources strategically to bless our city, including church planting. Our last church plant was in October when we sent a team of 19 people led by Julia Wilkins to St. Peter's Bramley with a financial gift of £50,000. Now over the past few years, we have repeatedly sensed God calling us to generous, outward-looking mission and ministry that has seemed beyond our financial means. Our PCC has made some bold decisions to keep following God and to keep giving away. Our story as a church is that when we are generous, God is faithful. We started the last few years predicting a large deficit, but through God's provision and your faith-filled generosity, the last two years ended with a small surplus. We were able to give some of that away to help in humanitarian crises in other parts of the world. Specifically, two years ago, it was Ukraine and Afghanistan, and then last year, Pakistan and Turkey, Syria. So far this year, we are still predicting a bit of a deficit. Uh, But please pray with us that as we are generous, God will continue to be faithful. And of course, if you would like to give, you can find the details on our website. So, in Antioch, they give in a way which is directed by the Holy Spirit, and they give as a community. Third, they give proportionately. In Antioch, we are told the disciples decided to provide help for the believers living in Judea, as each one was able. It seems that each person decided how much money to give and then it was collected together as a gift from the church as a whole. Now we know that people in our church are in very different situations. We have a number of asylum seekers who are valued and respected members of our church community. We understand that you live on 45 pounds a week, so realistically, you can't give financially. Thank you for giving in other ways, praying and serving. We also have a financial hardship fund for those who are really struggling at the moment. And you can find details of that on our website too at the bottom of the giving page. But many of us are able to give something, We often suggest that our students start a regular pattern of giving by setting up a standing order for five pounds a month. And some of us are able to give a lot. Years ago, when I was still a lawyer, I was invited to a major donors meeting at my church to discuss a financial deficit. Now, I was very involved in the church, but at this particular meeting, I only recognized two other people. Right at the end, a quiet, middle-aged man said something that I've never forgotten. He said, it's the greatest privilege of my life to fund this vision. That's the reason I work so hard. Other generations would have loved this opportunity, but God has given it to us. That was when I realized that for some people, financial giving is their main ministry. Now, you may not get thanked as often as people in some of our more visible roles, so I want to say thank you today for your generosity. So, we have seen that the church in Antioch gives directed by the Holy Spirit as a community, proportionately, and the last one, they give wisely. In Antioch, they send their gift to the elders of the church in Jerusalem via their trusted leaders, Barnabas and Saul, who becomes Paul. Now, Barnabas was actually known for his own generosity. In Acts chapter 4, the early church in Jerusalem shared their possessions. Barnabas sold a field that he owned, He brought the money, and he put it at the apostles' feet so it could be distributed to those in need. Given that Barnabas spent a whole year teaching the church in Antioch, I imagine that he taught them about generous giving, and now he helps them to put it into practice carefully and wisely. At St. George's, as you would expect, we have various financial control measures. For example, just like Barnabas and Paul take the gift together, we always need two people to authorize all financial transactions. Our wonderful treasury team and our PCC scrutinize our management accounts and they monitor things like our cash flow and our reserves. As a resource church leader, there are two things that I am regularly asked for by other church leaders. The first one is, can you send us a worship leader? And that's why we started our worship school last year with 10 churches taking part. The second thing that I am asked quite often is, can you send us a treasurer? Now, we have started trying to address this by inviting a couple of our 1830 congregation who have an interest in finance to join our treasury team. And our hope is that one day we'll be able to send out people who are trained and ready to play the important role of church treasurer. So they give wisely. In a moment, we are going to have some time for just listening to God, some time for prayer ministry. Uh, But as we close, let's just recap. The church in Antioch is a wonderful mixture of people from different backgrounds. And one of the things that the Holy Spirit does amongst them is to grow generosity. So we see them responding to news of a coming crisis, not by asking, how can we survive, but by asking, how can we help? And then they give in a way which is directed by the Holy Spirit as a community Proportionately and wisely.
0: Thank you for listening to the St George's Lead Sermon Podcast. For more talks or information, visit stgs.org.uk.